I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Weddings are kind of crazy. Like they're stupid, you know, like couple wear strange clothes that they'd never normally wear, <laughs> do strange things like cut cake in front of people dance in front of their friends while they all watch like what's that all about it's bonkers but the wedding as a vehicle for bringing together these people and for these people to be in a position where they're sharing a real emotional event and real emotional times together that's what the wedding is about for me Andy Gaines has such a refreshing outlook on weddings and because of that it's not hard to see why he's gone from complete novice to one of the UK's best wedding photographers in three short years I'm Matt Bowen, this is Phototypes. This episode of Phototypes isn't so much an interview as a conversation, and I think you'll love Andy's outlook on life, I know I certainly did. The audio at the start of the interview is a bit dodgy, so please bear with it. It does get better later on. But let's cross over to Andy now and find out more about Andy Gaines. Andy, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, cheers. It's just like Monday morning, standard editing, you know. For those people who don't know you or not aware of you, how would you describe yourself as a photographer? How broad are we going to get? Like, I'm a wedding photographer. Um, shoot weddings all over the UK and abroad. Um, been doing it for like three years now. Mainly a documentary photographer, so that's kind of how I work at weddings. Um, you know, just let them get on with it, like standard, just let them get on with the day and also try and find time to make a few, um, you know, cool portraits along the way. First of all, could you have a look around yourself and describe yeah. to our listeners where you are physically? I am physically sat in the front room of my house, which, as you will have seen from a minute ago, Matt, looks like a bomb's gone off. Yeah, currently sat in the front room of our house. We moved here about just over a year ago, and we've still failed to unpack most of our possessions, or at least I've unpacked most of my possessions and just simply dumped them in this room here. So, um, yeah, that's where I am right now, surrounded by boxes and cameras and guitars and junk and mess, yeah. <laughs> Is that your man room? My man cave, yeah. It's my man skip. It's a... Uh, yeah, well, not really. It's a good job my wife's not here, because if she could ever hear this conversation, she'd probably interrupt and, and start laying to me. So, yeah, we moved into this, this bigger house because we kept making babies. Turns out they need loads of space. So we've got a bigger house in York, substantially bigger than our old house. Yeah, instantly managed to fill it with all our things. So I spent I spent the first sort of six months, eight months working upstairs in the spare room uh, and then moved out of that so we could redecorate it into the one of the rooms downstairs. But at the minute now, things are on hold because I'm in the process of building a garden office with my dad in our garden. So, yeah, I'm kind of reluctant to do any more decorating until that's sorted. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we're at now. That sounds like it's going to be a proper man project. Yeah, that's a, that's a real man project. So my dad's like immense at all that kind of crafting and building and DIY and stuff. So uh, we've just finished building a treehouse for my daughter, for Ida. She was five, five last month. Cool. So my dad, like the last sort of four or five months have been taken up with building a treehouse, me and my dad for her. So we finished that. And we were so pleased with ourselves, <laughs> the quality of our craftsmanship, they were like, well, what are you doing for the next six months, Dad? How about building a garden office? So that's the next uh, that's the next project. Currently drawing up plans for the office. You've established to us that the office that you're in, slash man cave, is a bit messy right now. Are you a messy worker in general, or do you like to keep things quite tidy? Yeah, I'm pretty messy, I've got to be honest. I kind of know where everything, you know, I know what's going on. For years and years, I used to play in bands before I kind of got into photography. And I think there's sort of just the kind of slightly, getting deep now, I guess. I, I think the kind of like the slightly punk mentality of, of has kind of rubbed off on me and I can't seem to shake it. So everything's just, yeah, I'm just not very organised. And I don't know whether it's on purpose or whether it's by accident, but everything, I'm quite in a style, that's not true. I'm organised, but I'm just pretty 
Messy, maybe. Yeah, fairly messy kind of guy. Don't like to worry about it. Life's too short to stress about that stuff, I think. People people really fret about neat and tidy, you know. Just just get the job done, that's all, you know. I can work in this room, it's all right, it doesn't matter. I need to look at the screen. So, yeah, yeah. So you, can, uh, you can see the screen and there's a, there's a path to your desk. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. It doesn't bother me that if I turn to the right, there's just this mountain of shit, so it's, you know, it's all right. Yeah. Um, I should explain to everyone that the whimpering and howling in the background is um, our puppy Daphne and she's 12 weeks old Uh, she's not in any pain she's just been uh, put in her little house whilst we chat to Andy Um, so please don't call the RSPCA or the the American equivalent or she's fine she's fine she just wants attention um, and she's not getting any at the moment so um, she'll get it when we've done this You'll get lots of cuddles. So don't worry, I'm an animal lover, everyone. But let's move on. You briefly touched on it there that you uh, used to play in bands. So let's have a little bit of your history and tell us how did you get to the moment that you are now in. So you've been doing uh, photography for three years. So uh, you're not three years old. You've not been working for three years um, only. So you must have done something beforehand. What did you do beforehand? Yeah, I wish I wish I was three years old, man. Uh, yeah, super quick history of my life, I suppose. So I w- went to school, standard, that's compulsory in this country. Um, and at school, I was always really good at science. I wasn't really artistic at all, really. didn't see myself that way at all. Still don't, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I was really good at kind of maths and science at school. So I think there was, I was, there was no one in our family who had been to university. I was the first kid, the first kind of child to be able to go to university from our family so I went to university to Durham and did astrophysics but when I was there I, I used to play guitar and I started I met some friends and, and, and you know we played in bands and things while we were at uni um, and I, I, I did have a camera then like I, I had an old film SLR camera that I got from my granddad and I used to use that and I kind of knew I learned how to use it but was never really you know beyond kind of just using it for fun I was never really into it but yeah so then when we finished uni um, we, me and the, the, the two guys I played in a band with, we, none of us had kind of graduate jobs or anything like that. And um, we were like, well, why don't we take the summer off and go busking around Europe and, you know, see see what happens. So we did that, went busking around Europe. But then we got back. We were like, well, none of us got jobs. Why don't we, you know, take it like a year out and play, just play guitar, for a, play, play, be in a band and see what happens. And that gap year turned into about a gap decade or there or thereabouts. And then it wasn't really until, until I had... You know, I moved in with my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and then once we really had babies, that I started taking pictures again. You know, I got a a new digital SLR, like an entry level thing, and just kind of went from there. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, here I am talking to you. It's kind of how it feels. So that was like, yeah, that was kind of four years ago when I started started taking pictures. You know, and um, started shooting weddings almost straight away about four, three and a half years ago. Yeah, we're here chatting in this messy room. <laughs> <laughs> so you. We're in a band for a decade. What was it? A band that we would know? Were you successful? You must have nah, made some money out of it. it. We were in a few few bands, really. Um, when I finished uni, I played with two two guys, and we were in a band called Cardboard Radio. Based, we based in York. We lived in a house. Um, we literally had the time of my life. Uh, you know, it was a bit like the Monkeys. You know, they all lived in a house together, <laughs> yeah. but much darker and way more dysfunctional. Um, but we, yeah, and so I played in that band and. and the thing with York that was really amazing, which is why I kind of moved here after I finished uni, was that it was, um, like, I grew up in Doncaster, Sonny Donny. I don't know if any of people will know where Sonny Donny is, but culturally and artistically, it's pretty much, like, dead. Um, you know, we'd walk down the street and you'd get chased and beaten for having, like, long hair. It's like, it's just grim. And then I came out on a night out to York after we finished uni, and it's just like a, like a revelation. It was like, ah, oh, you know, it was... It was there's loads of music going on. Every every other pub seemed to have like an open mic night or a music event, and there was a really good club kind of gigging club scene and, and music scene going on. So when you know, I was just like, man, this is amazing, and we pretty much all just moved here within a week, um, and it was really good. So we, we with the band we were in, we, you know, there was a really great kind of local scene of musicians, and we had just a really good, just a really good kind of social scene of everyone helping each other out and things and. York's kind of small, but it's big enough, small enough to know things, but big enough that there's stuff happening. Um, yeah, so we, so we just did that um, over the years. Like, you know, we had like some successes. I mean, we were totally independent. So we released, 
released like, albums and singles, you know, on independent labels and toured the country and toured Europe and played a lot of the big festivals and with some really big bands and things. Um, so yeah, I had an awesome time, but it kind of reaches a point when you can only do that for so long. Never had any money. I mean, never had a job. You know, we used to just kind of scrape out money from the band. My wife's saying, or my girlfriend, she'd be like, oh, let's go out. She was a teacher at the time. She'd say, oh, well, summer holidays are here. You know, let's go on holiday. And I'd be like, cool. And she's, yeah, I found these cheap flights for £100. And I was like, well, that's £100 more than I've got to spend. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, it started to lose its appeal after a while. Um, yeah, yeah, which is kind of fortunate, really, that I fell into doing this, you know. So I think, I think uh, I'm kind of lucky that when I went from that into photography, I didn't really have a job or anything like that to leave. You know, I was kind of just living hand to mouth, scraping by with nothing anyway. So it kind of meant I could really throw myself into this and I had no overheads or anything like that, you know? So it was it was kind of easy to to start doing this. Whereas I know people who have working full-time jobs, it's a lot harder to kind of get into things, you know, when you've got to quit your job, you know, it's just kind of a big deal. So during that time when you were playing music, did you ever have any sort of inkling to take photographs or, you know, do anything like that? No, not really. Um, like I say, like I did have like a film camera that kind of got put away, really, you know. Um, and I, I, I knew how to use it, you know. I knew how to work in manual because it was an old manual, like Pentax or an old Canon. I can't remember, but you know, it was a not man, fully manual camera, so I'd worked out how to do it, you know. And I think I, I don't think I really took any pictures at all, to be honest. But the, I guess from before I was playing playing music, I, I used to. I knew how to use Photoshop, which I kind of got into when I was at uni, when I was taking pictures a little bit. And um, and so kind of because of that, I was the guy that sort of did all the, the kind of um, design stuff for the band, like, you know, gig posters, putting together album covers and all that kind of stuff that we did when we started out. So that kind of, in a way, I was always, the, I ended up doing loads of designing for other things, you know, like local promotions and club night posters and gig posters and band album covers and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't really doing any photography, but I guess I was, yeah, I suppose I was dabbling in, in that kind of visually stuff as well, uh, just just for fun, really, just because I was the guy that knew how to use Photoshop. So I suppose that kind of meant I vaguely kept my hand in doing stuff, you know, and, and but, but but no, never really was interested in taking pictures at all. No, not, not really. So where did the turning point come? Where did you think... Yeah, I could take pictures and I could take pictures of people's weddings because it is a pretty scary thing to do to take pictures at people's weddings. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's weird. Like, obviously, you know what I know now when I talk about this, I, I feel like an idiot really saying it. But the main, my entry into kind of shooting weddings was that I saw it as a way to make money. Like, being brutally honest with, with, with you and the listeners. Um, I've been doing some workshops and, and presenting at some conferences recently. I've told this story a few times, but just really quickly, um, you know, I'd, I'd got this entry level digital SLR for my birthday um, around the same time that our daughter was born, so like just four, four or five years ago. And um, I went to visit a friend of mine, and one of my best, best friends from school was living over in Jersey. Took the camera just to take snaps of us, you know, like just to play with my new camera. And um, his girlfriend at the time, she was a wed- she'd started shooting weddings in Jersey and was doing really, really well. And uh, he was saying, "He's our oh, mate, mate. You know, you should you should check check out Natalie. She's doing amazing. She uh, she's just started doing these weddings and like she rocks up on a Saturday and she gets two grand for a day's work." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, well, <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> yeah." I mean, that was that was almost. I knew nothing about weddings. I knew nothing about wedding photography, but at the time, at the position in where I was in my life, you know, I'd. I kind of come out of playing music for years. I didn't have a job. I was what was I doing at the time? I think I was I was DJing at a club, DJing at a club night in York once a week, um, playing the odd gig. You know, and had not. I wasn't really sure what to do. You know, I liked photography, but ne- literally hadn't considered really doing anything with it. You know, um, and I got chatted to her, um, and she'd done really well. She said so this was like four years ago. She, I think, she kind of come at that point where. She was at the kind of slightly forefront of all these kind of new wedding photographers now, you know, and I think she cornered the market in where she was. Um, a lot of the people on the island are kind of old and, you know, old men kind of struggling to keep up with the new times. And, you know, she basically walked in and done amazingly well in a really short space of time and built up a kind of high-end wedding photography business really, really, really quickly. And she just kind of said, yeah, you'd probably be quite good at it. You should give it a go. Um, and she mentioned a few people that, that she was into, um, 
you know, people whose work I could check out. And she's like, there's a guy called Jeff Askoff, you've probably heard of. Yeah. And and when she's and I was like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing. She went, yeah, but the, you know, it's, people people like documentary photography now, so you don't even have to pose people. And I was like, man, that's good because I don't know about posing. So I was like, well, maybe I could do this. I mean, it feels crazy saying it now, you know, because I, you know, now I'm so in love with what I do. Like, I, it's I, I, to, I totally love love this as a job. Um, but then, like, being honest with you, like the, the main way in was a way of like making money, you know, and thinking, well, I could I could make two thousand pounds for one day's work, and and you know, not have to, you know, she was yeah, you have loads of free time because you're self-employed and stuff, and I was like, wow, yeah, and it kind of went from there, and, and I so I started looking at the, these people like Jeff Askoff and Jonas Peterson who were around at the time, and 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 got really just yeah kind of fell just got into the idea of doing that but but really from a point of view of a making money and b making like really cool images you know when i saw the images those these guys were making they were kind of cool a uh, standalone you know rather than um from the wedding i didn't care or, i didn't care or know anything about weddings i don't think i'd even been i'd only been to like two weddings as, as a guest i didn't didn't know the concept of the day or anything you know so yeah yeah and and, and and then I just kind of threw, and then I literally threw myself into it from that point on, like 110% just went for it. Um, then shot my sister's, sister's wedding a few months later um, for free, and then did a couple of ma- maybe a mate's wedding, and then that was it. I was away, and here we are. <laughs> did you go off and study anything? Did you go and learn how to use your camera better, or were you, were you just looking at other people's pictures and, and then using your own sort of creative ideas yeah. as well? Yeah, maybe mainly just that. I didn't. I've never, never had formal lessons. You know, I mean, the internet is a wealth of. You can find loads of info on the internet, can't you? So I kind of just, you know, I, I was like I say, I've never really been very cre- creative, but I've always been like quite analytical about when it comes to doing things. I think so. I, I find it quite easy to just sit down and really like break down what people were doing in a kind of technical way, I suppose which then kind of gives you the tools or whatever to be creative with them you know so I just kind of really like went through people's work that I liked how they were doing it what they were doing and also like setting up a business and how how you want to perceive yourself how you want to be how you want to brand yourself and the kind of couples you want all just all kind of stuff just threw myself into it and taught taught myself entirely really um you know what is it like the and then and, and ripped every ripped all the people whose work I was into just ripped that off initially um, what is it? The good, a good artist, good artist borrows, but the best artist steal or something. That was, kind of, <laughs> that was it, really. How did you come to establish your style or brand? Did you ever really specifically sit down and think about doing that, or has it just evolved? I think no. I never really thought about it. As I say, I, I've just kind of done, tried to do what I liked, and I mean, it's worked out amazingly now. I mean, I'm really fortunate in that. I'm kind of in a position now where when I go to weddings sounds really arrogant to say it, but I just kind of get to do what I like but I think that's not that's not in a kind of selfish point of view that's just more of a really caring and knowing for your clients you know my, my kind of um it's interesting my take on, on on wedding photography now is completely different to what it was three years ago um which I think comes from realizing the importance of wedding photography to the people you're working with rather than you know, initially I was, like I say, I was going in and it was a case of I want to make awesome pictures and put them on the internet and I want other photographers to love them. You know, that was the kind of go-to mentality yeah. beyond actually making something really worthwhile and meaningful for the couples that you work with. And, you know, it probably took me maybe a year of shooting and some kind of specific weddings along the way, yeah, to really kind of appreciate that. Um, and it's interesting that now that I've been doing it for a few years, maybe three years now, it's... It's interesting to see the new people that are starting or shooting weddings, and I kind of see myself in them. You know, they're very—it's very driven by kind of impressing other photographers, and you know, which I think is good. And I think it's a kind of—you've almost got to tread that path to find yourself and realize that actually doing that is not what it's about at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you think but that's uh, been—that's um, brought about by the amount of blogs, Pinterest, social media, Instagram. Do you think that sort of contributes to that? Uh, approach to yeah, photography oh yeah completely completely I mean like the very fact that you're talking to me now asking me things about my business so that other people are interested in hearing it is kind of ridiculous do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like 
I'm not sure how many can. I mean, all I do is just take pictures at weddings, right? You know, how many plumbers are out there having podcasts or, you know, gardeners? You, you just ruined my next idea. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. I mean, it's, it's totally driven by that. Um, and it's crazy how I'm a huge fan of that. Ben Crisman, you know, his, his work. Mm-hmm. He's a wedding photographer from the States. And I read an interview with him recently, which kind of, and it's just stuck in my head and my heart completely. He said something along the lines of, um, you know, people are all, these days are all about the instant and shooting for likes on Facebook. And he says, whereas I'm not interested in the instant, I'm interested in forever. And I was like, yeah. like it's, And it's it's kind of taken me three years really of to really come around to that now. But, it's, but, but the flip side of that is that, you know, these kind of hero images that photographers love that you put out there on social media do get you the most attention you know so it's they, they, so it's kind of balancing that I guess but do they get you attention know. from um, other photographers or from potential clients yeah a bit of both a bit of both but it's interesting so you know like I said I think I mentioned earlier on, so on like a wedding I'll shoot I, I'm, I'm a totally documentary photographer so I don't move anything I don't ask them to stand in different room or move into the nicer light or stop them while they're doing the tie you know I literally let them go on with the day and document it obviously Along the way, we'll grab some mini portrait sessions um, to kind of make those images. But really, like the value in what I do is in documenting and it's in capturing people and who they are and their families and, and the, all that kind of stuff. But I think that when people book, I think, I mean, I might be wrong in this. I kind of feel that a lot of people will book me because they see these awesome kind of maybe hero images, see these crazy like, wow, how did you do that? Or wow, tiny person in huge landscape, all that kind of stuff. But I think the images that they actually really value that I deliver are not those at all. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I think they book for those images, but the ones that actually are, are that actually give them the value aren't those. They're, they're the real images, you know, of, of who who they who they and their family and their friends were, you know, and are, you know. Yeah, and um, some brides have said to me that the, their favorite pictures from a wedding that I've delivered to them are pictures that they don't even feature in. That they're of their friends exactly or... yeah yeah um, that for me like is where it's at you know like I, I totally see myself as a photographer at weddings as opposed to a wedding photographer and I think like it's so 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 much more than some of its parts and so much more than following the timeline of a wedding day for me it's just like the, the thing with this weddings are kind of crazy like they're stupid you know like couple wear strange clothes that they'd never normally wear <laughs> do strange things like cut cake in front of people dance in front of their friends while they all watch like what's that all about it's bonkers but the wedding as a vehicle for bringing together these people and for these people to be in a position where they're sharing a real emotional event and real emotional times together that's what the wedding is about for me and it's just basically that having that as a vehicle to use that to document and capture the people who are brought together you know and yeah so it's way more about that it's so much more than just getting nice pictures of the bride and groom on their wedding day you know it's entirely like you say it's not it's not about them it's about all the people who are there and the, for me like this is like this is like deep this is what times it? it's like 11 in the morning and we're getting deep but this is like for me it's like really powerful stuff and i think i've really it's only since having children that i've really i don't think i could have done this before i had kids i just don't think i would have been that bothered by by what i'm talking about now whereas like now i usually have to meet the father of the bride in the morning and i'm nearly weeping just talking to him <laughs> yeah you know like it's, but I don't, so yeah I don't know not that you need to have children to be a wedding photographer <laughs> no but, but I was gonna I was gonna ask you um, if there was a specific thing that had happened in your life that had changed your approach to your wedding photography in terms of doing it more for the couple rather than doing it for yourself and you've kind of answered it there in that it was um, your children and being I guess I don't know more of a a rounded person would that be fair yeah, I guess so. I think, and maybe it's just getting, a, just growing up a bit more, you know? I mean, yeah. like, I'm not really old, I'm relatively not that old, but it's like, yeah, I think you just start to genuinely, what you hold important to you starts to starts to change, doesn't it, I think, and, and stuff that you value and things. And, and again, on a kind of, just on a superfluous level of, the, of talking of Im- about images, you know, it's like um, these kind of epic photos that, that you can make of, couples looking like they're in magazines being fashion models where photographers look at it and go wow that doesn't look like a wedding photograph or wow how did you do that I don't even know what he's done there that now doesn't appeal to me so much as it did three or four years ago because you realize that the real power in wedding photography or the real power in photography is not that Mm. you know and so I don't know I mean this is 
I've had a few weddings where it's like an initial, you know, initially I would be going into a wedding with all these ideas of, you know, putting people in fields and making them like moody or, you know, just because I'd seen other people doing it. And I thought it looked cool because it didn't look, it looked, because it looked different. It was cool. It was interesting. It was more interesting than traditional cheesy wedding photos. So that's when I started out, that was like what I wanted to do, you know, and I did that. And then you kind of think, well, you know, you're forcing these people into this like strange, I don't know, just it, it felt like I was trying to fit them into my idea of, of what they should be doing. Whereas now I'm entirely about those guys, you know, and I'm still documenting the day through my vision. It's still my take on things, but by kind of embracing the people, you can kind of sort of saying like, you get to do both. You get to totally, totally love those guys, let them do their thing. I get to just do whatever I want because I know that with that in my mind, I'm going to totally serve those guys and I'm going to be able to make the pictures that I want as well. For me, like the true, true value in what you can deliver as a wedding photographer isn't really the wedding photographs. You know, it's those pictures of their parents and it's the pictures of them and their parents of it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You know, they can look back and remember that's who they were and that's how they felt about each other, and that's, you know, and, and, and ditto with all their friends who were there as well, you know. This is about you, not me. And I feel like I've spoken quite a lot, but I, I just want to um, I would just... share a, a story that happened to me a couple of weeks ago at a wedding is that it was a brilliant wedding and the couple were amazing and we got some great photographs of them. But the one photo that stood out for me from that is a photograph of um, the groom's mum and dad and his two sisters and the bride's dad. They'd all got together and learned how to play some songs on ukuleles and it's a song that cool. two of them they'd written for the bride and groom themselves and one that the groom and the bride had kind of written together. They've got, uh, they do make music together. Um, and it's one that the bride, Ellie, had written about her groom, Liam. Uh, and they played those songs at the wedding. And it was such an honor to be there. And I've got photographs yeah, of that. Yeah. They're not the most technical photographs. They're a bit orangey because oh. the TPs were like, orange in there and you know they're not the best photographs they won't win any awards but to me that is what weddings are about they will see those pictures yeah, and remember perfect. that moment in an instant yeah yeah completely completely and like you say like that as a that as, as an event you know that's just what i was saying about weddings you know that the, as a vehicle as you know that as a moment as a as, as a thing that happened is way more important i imagine than that they cut a cake you know yeah or did or, or did a first dance like you know, or even had a first kiss, even like the really, you know, like who cares? Like, you know, those people are coming together and doing that for this couple and the reasons that they've done it, you know, that's like fucking important. And that's, yeah, like that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You've just told me that story. So, yeah, we're, we're all on the same page. It's all good. Cake cutting, you're right. It is weird. <laughs> so funny. I always find it amazing when, when, I, when I kind of meet couples and I always sort of say, if you know, if I could give you any advice, it would be, don't do the stuff you're not that bothered about. Just do what you want. And yeah, yeah like tradition for tradition's sake. How many weddings do you go to? Uh, the groom's bricking it all day because they've got to do a first dance. And he's like, man, I'm, I was like, man, just don't do it. <laughs> don't, why are you sweating? Just don't do a first dance, you know? Don't cut a cake. Don't do all this stuff, you know? You mentioned a couple of people earlier, photography-wise. Who or what inspires your work? Like I say, you know, I used to I used to religiously follow a lot of photographers, um, but that kind of starts to send you insane after a while. So I'm trying to make a real effort to just not do that now. But you know, so I, I really pay attention to uh, like what my friends are doing. You know, like my actual friends in wedding photography. You know, and and, and 
and I've got people whose work I really love. But in terms of like what what inspires me, I think it sounds really lame, but I think like now I've just learned to be inspired by like the people, and I think that's what kind of what I was alluding to before. Maybe when you go to these weddings, you know, I, I just care about them. You know, I'm just interested in in being inspired, like photographed by them and what they're doing on their day and what they what they have chosen and what you know and the venue that they've picked and all that kind of thing. And I think when you kind of embrace that, it, like I found it massively freed me up that you weren't going in there hoping that you could kind of tick off X, Y, and Z photos because ultimately they're going to bring everything that you need. So if the if the weather's crap, if the venue's horrible, if there's no time for portraits or whatever. It's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's like, you know, you're there for them and it's about what they want and it's about, you know, capturing them, who they are and what they brought to the day. So, like, they're the, in terms of, like, working, it's the, that is kind of what really, like, gets me going, you know? But have not you, in a weird way. Have you always <laughs> found that um, you've kind of meshed with the clients that you've got or did that take a while for you to get the, the people that you wanted to shoot? Yeah, I mean, yes and no, I think... Like, you know, I mean, it's, this is all like branding and marketing and things. For me, it's just about, you just got to put yourself out there. It's about putting yourself into your business and yourself into your images, you know. So, I mean, what's the whole thing? Show what you shoot, right? You show what you watch, you know. You shoot what you show or whatever it's to say. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting to a point now where we're really good good matches. But it just comes down to, the, the, I think, people, everyone has, a, say, bad clients or clients that are, that are more problematical than others. But I think it just comes down to the way you, you just tell them how it is, you know. I've just told you kind of how I, what inspires me in terms of photography. And that's, this is exactly what I would say to a couple when we were Skyping, you know, and if they're into that, they're into that. If they're not into that, they're not into that. It's, and, and that's fine. So, I mean, I still, I generally get on really well with my couples. I mean, it's weird. This year has been, for me, I've been really fortunate and lucky that I've kind of done well professionally in terms of, I've won some awards and things, which, which has really helped me in terms of bringing bookings to my door. But at the same time, there's a negative of that, which is people just think, oh, this guy's won an award, let's book him. And I think that can sometimes be kind of counterproductive because they're booking you for not necessarily the right reasons. But you're probably in, in Facebook groups and things, you know, with other photographers. And, and I'm in a few of those. But, man, it breaks my heart when I hear people on there moaning about the couples. Yeah. You know, like, just get over yourselves. You know, oh, we're the wedding today and, and the bride only gave me 10 minutes for portraits. I was like, yeah, it's because it was a wedding day, you dick. Like, <laughs> she maybe had other things to be thinking about, you know. And, and for me, like, like I say, like this, being able to kind of really like love these clients and really love these couples that you work with, and genuinely care about documenting them and capturing who they are and their friends and their family, and, and the little moments that you described with the ukuleles and that kind of stuff. Like, if you really care about that stuff, for me, like, I found it's totally freed me up so that, like, every there's, you know, every wedding is is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like every every wedding is good. The, the worst crappiest venue, the worst light, the worst weather. Like who cares? Like they're just totally, you know. And go and then you can and be able to then go in with that kind of open attitude for the day means that it sort of frees you up to just be able to do what you want. And it's kind of a, a positive feedback thing. I don't even know. But yeah, do you see what I mean? I yeah, like, I, I love kind of have to explain it. It kind of makes sense in my in my in my heart, but I find it hard to kind of verbalize it yeah i totally understand that i love it i love that um that sentiment of freedom to actually forget about you know the weather and the little details and all that kind of stuff and And i I guess i mean i I suppose with that i think it's you know i've been shooting weddings i've shot a fair few weddings now so i guess the other thing is kind of practice you know i mean i know now that i've got the technical now if the want of a better word to know that i can find shots that i and they are going to love regardless of the weather you know i know i could make some cool portraits in in the corner of a crappy room if i had to so i guess maybe when you're starting out it's kind of hard to feel like that because you you might panic if there were rain because you might not be able to make nice pictures because you don't have the knowledge of what you can do within a certain room or whatever so i guess you know it's not as maybe not as easy as i've just described it but that's the kind of that's the idea i guess yeah yeah moving on from inspiration and i think this is a slightly different phrase or word is what's your biggest influence or who has been your biggest influence on your career or your life at the moment man this is really deep for monday morning oh wow and i, and I left my coffee in the room uh, <laughs> do you know what that's so hard like so many people have influenced me i think um now's the time to make up to your wife earlier yeah oh sorry yeah 
let's just cut out all that blank space. <laughs> you can instantly drop in after when you say, what's your biggest, biggest influence? I'll just go, my wife. <laughs> We're agreed. Man, in, in, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, like it's corny, but obviously your children and your family inspire you. You know, I think when, when you have babies, you, you kind of realize that, you know, now you need to man up. You've got to make things work. You've got to, there's a kind of a real reason, which is, I guess, to be a good parent, you know, both in a position of maybe providing for them, like financially or whatever, but also just to set a good example. So in a way that they inspire you to do that, but maybe that's, maybe inspire is not the right word. It's more, <laughs> you, you feel the pressure to have to do that. <laughs> but I don't know, it's like, you know, my dad's always been a huge influence in my life. He's always, you know, but he's, he was never particularly artistic or anything, but it's a, you know, he's, well, yeah, I mean, they don't have to be influences on your creativity or the way that you shoot weddings. But, yeah, when I say influence, I mean more influence on perhaps the way that you live your life or the way that you approach things. So, yeah, you, your yeah, dad is I mean, an excellent one. Yeah, he's, he's pretty solid. I think that's, I think, I, you'd assume most people would say that. You know, I, I'd really love in 20 years' time when my, my, my little babies are grown up, but, you know, that. For them to, to, to for them to genuinely feel that I was that person would be yeah I mean like that's it that's winning right that's winning a life but beyond that you know I mean as I say I came from music so Bob Dylan in 1965 always takes a, takes some good beats in, in terms of being inspiring you're making me really think but your life must have hit a massive turnaround once you kind of met your wife but then at the point girlfriend and stopped doing the music or the music took a backseat and then sort of family life. I don't know. I've always been pretty laid back. So, I mean, I don't think, you know, like I said, I went to uni and I think maybe initially there was some kind of, I'd become some, like some scientist, astrophysicist, worked for NASA. I didn't really know what, never knew what I wanted to do. Um, I've always been really kind of committed about things, I think, and really passionate about stuff. So, you know, when I was a kid, I was into fishing and all I wanted to be was like a professional fisherman. <laughs> is know, there such was, a thing? There is, yeah, yeah. You know, you can like, like I, used, I used to do a lot of freshwater fishing, so I used to like enter fishing competitions and yeah, yeah you know, and that was all I wanted, like that was just, I was obsessed until I was about maybe 12 or 13. And then I got into rock climbing, which is something my dad used to do when he was younger. So he started taking me at rock climbing. And then all I wanted to do as a teenager was rock climbing, like that was it. Like, and that's kind of all I did. I was just obsessed, like 100, 110%. Went to uni, and, and again, that was the same thing. And, you know, I was, all I wanted was rock climb. But then I started playing music, came out of uni, and then I threw myself into that. And I think these things kind of, you know, they go in cycles, I guess. And so I kind of felt with the music that it had reached its natural kind of conclusion, you know? I, I was really proud of what, what, I'd, what I'd achieved and how I'd achieved it. You know, which I think is a big thing. Like, it's it's not the destination; it's a journey and all that. And I think, like, I was I was really pleased with what we'd done and how I'd done it. But then, yeah, it kind of just it kind of just came to a natural end. And I think I was just lucky that either I found photography or photography found me at just the right point. You know, perfect. It was like I just had a baby. You know, my wife was on maternity leave, so we were all. You know, it was just kind of this perfect. I wasn't really playing music because I'd kind of run out of that and the people had moved away and things. And yeah, everything just kind of fell together and, you know, yeah, here I am. But I don't know how long, like, you know, at the minute I'm just obsessed now with shooting weddings. Like, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But I feel there's definitely kind of, I might be wrong, but I feel like there's a finite length of time you could probably do this. Yeah. You know, maybe age. Um, I think age is the main thing or at least do it and be really successful. But I don't know. I'm happy to do at the minute. This is all, you know, I'm happy to do this. So it's, it's awesome. Could I still be doing this in five years and be doing as successful and well as I am now? I don't know. Maybe I'd like to be, but I um, don't know if that's beyond my control, you know? Yeah, I think it's a tricky one, isn't it? Particularly, like you say, with age, people kind of want to book people of a similar age to them these days or, yeah. you know, within a certain age range of them. Whereas, yeah, sure. I right, guess right. Um, a few years ago, people, when people got married, they booked a a guy in his 50s or 60s with a tripod and uh, he just turned exactly, up right? for half an hour to take some portraits and bug it off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that, that, so people like maybe me or yourself or, or this kind of generation of photographers have kind of come along and basically put all those guys out of business mm -hmm. in the nicest way, you know, in effect, change things around. And I don't know whether, I don't know whether you can avoid becoming one of those guys, you know, maybe you can, maybe if you're savvy enough, you can, 
with your business and your marketing, you can do it. But ultimately, you know, we'll see. Well, yeah. if we're still going in five years, then we'll uh, have another party in your uh, in your garden shed. What excites you, Andy? Ooh, that sounded really dirty when I replied to that. <laughs> it really excites. What excites me? Um, I love light and uh, like all photographers, you know, I love lights. So obviously, always looking for nice lighting competition compositions and you know, and all those kind of all the other things like the moments and stuff. So those things, um, I love taking pictures of people, like, and, and so. People being themselves and, 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 you know, just being willing to, to have fun and enjoy themselves or, or, or be, or if they're not happy to not enjoy themselves, just being themselves. And I think that's the thing that gets me, that gets me going photographically wise, so to speak, gets me off. Not like that again. <laughs> Opposite to that then, what scares you? Dying a really slow and painful death. Yeah. Kind of photographic sense. Uh, maybe the same dying a slow <laughs> death I mean again like, like professionally what, 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 what scares me I mean it doesn't scare me but what we talked about before that's I definitely think about that you know like remaining relevant you know or at least being able to being able to professionally I guess being able to sell your relevance is quite high you know like I said like I think that what in terms of what I do photographically I think I could do it in 10 years or 15 years time and I think the the power of the images, which will hopefully still be there in ten or fifteen years' time, this this, I don't, I don't think it's I don't think what I'm doing is particularly style dependent. But whether you could convince brides to buy that, you know, in ten years' time, like we said, is something. Obviously, like leaving all my camera equipment at home, which I've nearly done a couple of times, um, you know, turning up with no memory cards, that yeah. kind of stuff. But you know, that's never going to happen. So, right, what's your favourite swear word? Give it to me with some meaning. What if my mum's listening to this? My grandma might tune in, you know? Hey. Um, I don't really... Do I swear that much? Just the usual ones. Shit. Fuck. You know, all those. <laughs> Nothing... Uh, when, only when something's gone wrong. You know, I was saying about we saw... We saw... We were uh, building a treehouse. Yeah. For my daughter and my dad, we were... We, we crafted, like, some stairs to fit inside the treehouse. Wow. To, to get up to it. These were like a work of art. We spent like, it was at least a day building them. You know, like handmade, these were amazing. And then it was late and we were working all day and we accidentally sawed through half of it and just broke it in half. There were some choice swear words, I think, that, that went out then. <laughs> but yeah. Do you, uh, uh, do you usually swear in front of your dad? <laughs> no, but I think we both uttered a few expletives at that point. Well, we mended it, it's all good, it's all fixed now. Nice. So when is uh, when is Kevin McLeod coming round to uh, feature this treehouse? <laughs> he should. It's worthy of a program. Um, no, I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm saving Kevin McLeod for the garden office. True. Like, garden office is gonna is gonna blow it out of the water. I'm not, it's a big deal. It does eat into a lot of editing time, though. It turns out making treehouses and garden offices for me, this is like the best job in the world. Like literally the dream job. It just ticks every box for me, and I can't imagine doing anything else. And but if you're going to take this on and do it, you know, you owe it to yourself to make it exactly what you want. You know, like, w- why start your own business and then and doing stuff that you hate? Because if you're doing stuff you hate, you may as well just be working for someone else, you know? Yeah. You may as well just go and get a job in an office and spend your time doing stuff you're not into. So it's so, like, it's so important to craft, not the, like, the life that you want around your business, just because you can, you know? Like, you're your own boss, so don't like something, don't do it. Don't want to do... St- don't want to do something in your business, don't offer it. Don't like this part of your business, outsource it, whatever whatever it is. Spend more time building tree houses. That's the take-home take message. Yeah, great advice. Um, well, apart from building tree houses, <laughs> if you could be anything else for a day, what would you be? I do kind of miss playing music. So maybe maybe another another, another go at that would be good fun. You know, I think the uh, thing we put playing in bands and stuff, I think it's, it's so much about the camaraderie you know, and, and the banter and the people that you're with. I kind of miss that a little bit. So maybe, maybe you know, play another fest. Go to another, play another festival for a day. That'd be good. That'd be good fun. Going from being in a band and that camaraderie to then working on your own, sat at home alone quite a lot. Is that a difficult <laughs> yeah, transition? Yeah. When I started shooting weddings, I knew nobody. Like I literally, I didn't know a single other wedding photographer. I didn't, I wasn't friends. You know, I just, I was just doing my thing. And it's so, it would be so easy to fall into that. Just sitting at home, you know, you'd go shoot a wedding, you'd come home, you'd log on to Facebook, you'd look at all the awesome work people have been making on Facebook, 
you'd hate yourself for the crap images you did and then you'd repeat that for 30 weeks of the year and I think it's so so important to find those people who you click with and, and you know who you get on with and just get together you know share 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 things you know share ideas share techniques share skills share tips share um referrals you know and and just find those people and one you know that's yeah so so important to do that and i think now i've kind of found that and it's good because it kind of feels like you go when when, when you're going to shoot a wedding at the weekend you're not really going by yourself yeah you, you know you go in with like half a dozen other people who are all doing the same thing you know and it's it's nice to kind of it is a bit like being in a band again, yeah. Who living or dead would you like to photograph? If I could choose anybody, I'd love to take a picture of Robert Johnson, the blues singer, because I think there's only two pictures of him that survived, uh, you know, from when he was alive. Yeah. Maybe even one. Is there two? But but uh, that'd be pretty cool. Go back in time and get some, get, get some good shots of him rocking it out somewhere down the Mississippi and then, uh, you know, give them to the world. And, you know, like I said... Bob Dylan in circa 67, well, 65, 66 would have been good. Tour photographer, yeah. yeah. But uh, other than that, I'm happy Just I'm happy with my couples, you know, like genuinely. I find, I've done like a little bit of um, commercial work and, and editorial work and that kind of thing. And I, like, I really don't know what to do, you know? I'm like, well, I get off like, I want people, you know, I get off on real photography of real people. So kind of, any other kind of photography, I'm just like, I don't know. I just want you guys to do your thing and let me see how I can how I can interpret that, rather than be like, yeah, bend your arm up a little bit now, look down, now look moody, now look over there. Hey, bring around this softbox. I'm like, no, I'm totally out of my depth. You touched on it a little bit, your advice to another photographer. But um, if we could sum that up again, perhaps, or if you've got anything else that you would pass on to them, um, what would you say to anyone yeah. who uh, starting out or kind of lost their way a little bit? For me, like in terms of photography, it's just about like curiosity. You know, it's about just kind of following your nose, and, and and kind of following your nose in terms of the images you want to make, rather than thinking that wedding photography has to be. It can be anything you like, right? It doesn't have to be a dress hanging up in a window, or it doesn't have to be, you know, a backlit flash in the rain, or it doesn't have to be a couple stood in a field looking grumpy, or whatever. It can just be anything, you know. It's just photography at weddings, so really try and follow your nose and just just look for and shoot the things that, that intrigue you and appeal to you and and slowly but surely I think you'll by doing that you'll start to develop a style uh, and if it's one that, that that resonates with you because these are images you're following your nose and you're looking for the things that appeal to you be they people or compositions or light or moment or whatever it is that floats your boat then that for me I guess is is, is how you can build a business and build a, um, a catalogue of work that, that you're happy with and that you're happy to shoot, you know? So you're never going to get bored of shooting that because you just, each time it's just a new adventure. You're just rocking up and you're just seeing seeing what gifts the wedding is going to throw your way when you arrive. Um, so that, and obviously in, in terms of, and, and shooting more as well. I hate this uh, hang up that people have with like, oh yeah, I only shot five frames for the whole wedding and every one of them is, you know, a keeper. I shoot loads. Just keep shooting, keep looking for stuff, you know? Keep keep uh, working harder on the day to try and find new and interesting ways of telling a story. And and then, yeah, shoot more, but then call harder. So people deliver too many pictures, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, take more pictures, but be more brutal with the ones that you that you decide to keep. That would be, be another tip. That and all that stuff about being nice to each other, you know? Yeah. All that hippie shit from earlier on. <laughs> We've had the hippie shit, and then we've had the uh, technical, you know, actual <laughs> yeah, stuff. Facts. So a, a good mix. I like Solid it. Taken. All right. I've loved chatting to you, Andy. Uh, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, uh, it's been my pleasure. Hopefully you can uh, edit this down into some coherent... Um, I won't need to. ...something It'll... that makes some kind of sense that people might be interested in. Um, I think everyone's going to love it. <laughs> um, in terms of other people who you would like to hear from, who else would should I be interviewing... Is there anyone in particular in the photography world that you would like to hear me fire some deep questions to at 11 o'clock in the morning? Well, in terms of uh, the UK, like the guys who I do Nine Dots with, I think are awesome, you know? Um, so Mick Shah or Rahul Kona or, or Adam Johnson, all those guys are on it for me in terms of their approach, their attitude and their skills, you know? Like I really love those guys. Um, in terms of like all around the world though, man, like I said, like Chrisman's for me are really like 
where it's at. But yeah, I don't know. Those, yeah, those. There's some, there's some stats for you. Cool. I will. Uh, I will chase them up. And finally, just tell us where we can find you on the internet. So, Matt, thanks for asking. Well, <laughs> you visit www.andygains.com. That's A-N-D-Y-G-A-I-N-E-S.com. You can find all your wedding photography needs. And, um, <laughs> and would, jingle, you, would you like to uh, plug any workshops or anything coming up? Oh, yeah. I sh- man, I should do. So, yeah, I'm involved with a few things at the minute. Um, I've got another solo workshop that's coming up on um, in October on, on a Wednesday. Wednesday the 9th. Wednesday the 6th. 7th of October which is in York and yeah I've sold quite a few places on that already so if anyone's interested they you can get the info again on my website um, it would be awesome to, to come along and we'll basically we're going to make we'll make pictures I'm cover everything really that I do business photography um, you know editing workflow everything totally happy to share everything that I, that I know um, so that's that's happening then and then also like I mentioned with nine dots we're um we're running the Nine Dots Gathering this year, which is in November, which is in London. So we've got some amazing photographers. It's like a two-day kind of conference party. We've got some amazing photographers coming and some workshops going on there. So again, if you just visit, um, what's the website? NineDotsGathering.com. Or if you just Google Nine Dots, um, yeah, that's going on in November. So people should check that out because it's going to be amazing. And I think there's still, there's, we nearly sold out, but there's maybe 10 or 15 tickets left for that. So yeah, come along, people. It will be good. We'll drink Sambuca together and dance like fools. Well, thanks once again to Andy. And if you're enjoying Phototypes, then please subscribe, rate and reviewers and spread the word to other people you think might like it too. You can say hello on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Phototypes Pod. Phototypes is produced and presented by me, Matt Bowen. You can find out more at theretreat.co and our music is by Nick Bentley, Soft Piano and Songs for Cash. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 